Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to the 118th Psalm. That's going to be the first verse we look at. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. And uh, pray for me that I'll get through this because I have seven ways. (laughs) You can start laughing right there. I have seven ways God has us covered in 2023. Amen. We're going to endeavor to get to seven ways today that God has you covered in 2023. Amen. Glory to God. The first way that God has you covered in 23. And all of these are, are positions of relativity. Uh, in other words, how God is associated with us, what he, ha- what he is to us, what he's doing for us. The first one is God is for you. Now, I want you to take a moment and not just let that wash through your, your mind, you know, just uh, without reflecting on it. God is for you. Now, why is that important? It's important because a great deal of people inside the church as well as outside the church have the idea that God is somehow against them. Now, I don't think anybody, I don't think any church or denomination or, or group uh, has, a, has a point of doctrine that says God is against us. I don't think anybody's statement of faith says we believe in the Bible We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in the Son of God. We believe God's against us. I I don't think that's in anybody's statement of faith. But it plays out like this. Many people, many people, there may be somebody here today that has this idea that God is, is looking for opportunities for you to, when you step out of line, he, he's like he's sitting in heaven. He's got this big celestial uh, fly swatter, you know. And, and he's just waiting for you, you know, to get out of line so he can pop you on the head. And, uh, you know, now, now you say, well, no, nobody believes that. Well, people, again, they don't consciously believe that, but unconsciously they do. Because it plays out like this. Well, you know... Somebody is a good Christian. And you know, they're, you know they're a good Christian from all that you can see. Because you don't go home with people, so you don't really know. But, but from all appearances, they seem to be a good Christian. They seem to believe right. And they're in church. And they praise God. And, and, and they do all the things they ought to do. And yet some terrible calamity keeps happening in their lives. I mean, they just go from trouble to trouble to trouble. And, and you know, maybe the, 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 you know, some kind of a serious loss in their life, a financial reversal that just, you know, just goes on and on. Just one business fails, another business, they go bankrupt. And, and, and the idea that's very prevalent is in the churches, well, you know, we don't understand all these things. You never know what God's going to do. You know, God is mysterious. His ways are beyond finding out. And you just never know what God's doing. God's working some kind of, of secret plan. And he's, you know, a lot of people won't say, some people will say that God actually brings things on you, on his children. So there's, you realize there's a, a, a large portion of the body of Christ who believes that God absolutely will make you sick if you get out of line or to teach you something. 
Others say, well, you know, I know God doesn't do it, but he allows the devil to do it. He basically, he's working in partnership with the devil. Well, that's not true. The 118th Psalm here, in verse number 6, let me find it, it says, The Lord, <laughs> this is so good. You need, to, you need to confess this. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side. The Amplified Bible says, the Lord is on my side and takes my part. (laughs) It goes on to say in the Amplified Bible, he is among those who help me. God's not siding in with the devil He's not working together with, with demon spirits. He's not working with your in-laws. <laughs> He's not working with your boss to, 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 to teach you, you know, how to behave better. Amen. He's not, he's not working through people to oppose you for his glory. It says that God is on your side and he's among those who help you. You know, Jesus, if you know anything about the Bible, everybody can, can quote First John or, or, or John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But you know, the 17th verse goes right with that. It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God is not a condemner. He's not a fault finder. Like I said, too many believe that he's, that he's a fault finder. He's not. He's not picking at you. He's not bringing trouble into your life to see how you'll respond. And then when you respond poorly, he's going to slap you around a little bit. He's not the accuser. Revelation 13 talks about the devil, Satan, as the accuser The devil is the accuser. God is not. Amen. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is our justifier. Are you ready to shout? We might not get past number one here today. Go with with me to Romans chapter eight. Glory to God. And And all these points are good. But Romans chapter eight. And let's start in verse 31. Oh, glory. What then shall we say to these things? If God, now we've already established that God is for us. It's said right there in the 118th Psalm, the Lord is for us. He's on our side. Well, then if God is for us, verse 31 says, who can be against us? Now, in one sense, you could answer that and say, well, there's a lot of forces against us. Yes, we know the devil's against us. Yes, we know demon spirits are against us. Yes, we know, you know, all of these things. But what he's saying, if God is for us, then it really doesn't matter who else. It doesn't really matter. So he said, well, you know, the devil's just really been giving me a fit. Yeah, but God is for you. He's on your side. He's among those who help you. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. He said, uh, if God is for us, who can, I read it this way, who can successfully be against me? Amen. He who did, now you need to get a hold of verse 32 and verse 33. He who did not spare his own son, 
but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God gave up the very best he had, and he did, when God the Father gave up his son on the cross, turned his back on his beloved, his only begotten son, and had to turn away and give him up to sin and death. You think God would withhold some little blessing from you or some big blessing? I mean, there's even big blessings. Nothing compares to what he gave up. Why would he be holding some other little something back in his pocket? Well, I've given you everything else, but you're not getting this. Who, he who did not, excuse me, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him? He can't not. <laughs> That's another way to say that. He can't not also give us freely all good things. He can't. That's what, that's what he's really saying. If he gave up his son, he can't hold anything else back because we've already got the son. And look what the son brings. There's not anything that he's given us in the son that's not as included. Anything God, anything God would hold back, he'd have to take back from his son. And the son's already given it to me. I'm going to take this from you. Well, where? Oh, I gave it to her. He can't. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whew. Now look at verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now we know the devil He's the accuser. But he's asking a rhetorical question. There is an answer to this. He said, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? What kind of a charge can come against you? Well, the devil charges you. He knows, I know he does me. If, if I don't pray enough. Now, now, he tries to get me out of prayer. But then if I don't pray enough, and, and, and if, if he thinks I haven't prayed enough, he'll try to, he'll try to charge me with that. He'll, he'll tempt you to do wrong and then turn around and charge you with it. But he's an idiot. Because he evidently doesn't know that we know that God's already justified us. Who can bring a charge against you when God has justified you? You know what the word justified means? It means made right. Declared to be right. I'm going to let you in on, 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 on maybe a secret. Even when you do wrong, God has still justified you. He has, he, he, you're, you're justified. He justified you knowing you were going to slip up from time to time. Or if some of you, many times. Some of us. <laughs> he knew that 
when he justified you. When he declared you to be righteous. When he declared you, when he brought you in and, and, and established you in right standing with him. You know, that's, that's, not a, that's not a revolving door. You don't go in and out of righteousness. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean when we do wrong that, that we don't need to take care of it. Because when we do wrong, when we, when we sin, it is sin. And uh, the Bible says that we are to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, if and when we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us. But that doesn't have anything to do with our standing. Amen. Why, why do you think it says in Hebrews, I think it's chapter four, let us come boldly before the throne of grace, not the throne of law, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. We can, if, if we lost our right standing when we sinned, we couldn't come before the throne of grace. And the devil will try to keep you out of the throne of grace. He'll try to make you feel ashamed and get, what is that? It's charge, charge, charge. He's putting a charge. He's charging you. And when he charges you, if you go along with it, you'll stay out. You'll stay away from the throne of grace. You'll feel too ashamed to go to the throne of grace. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. When you need mercy, you don't need mercy when you're doing everything right. You need mercy when you're messing up. He said, when you've messed up, boldly come before the throne of grace. Glory to God. And obtain that mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Who, who can bring a charge against God's act? It's God who justifies. Who is he who, condemn, who condemns? Can anybody answer that? The devil. And your spouse. And your kids. <laughs> Whoever. Who can condemn? It's certainly not God. The whole message here, it's not God who condemns you. Instead, it is Christ who died. And I, I love the way this is written. It is Christ who died and furthermore. That's a finger, that's a finger wagger right there. And furthermore. <laughs> it's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who makes intercession for us. Now, Hebrews chapter 7 says that he ever lives, Jesus, ever lives to make intercession for us. In other words, that's what he is living for. Jesus is living, that, that's what he does, it's, it is his job. Jesus is constantly interceding before the Father on your behalf. Now, how in the world can he, be, can he be condemning you when he's interceding for you? Now, we, we get mixed up sometimes because, for instance, it says over in, in, uh, in Ephesians 
I, I, I think it's the latter part of the fourth chapter of Ephesians, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I don't know why, but we've kind of read into that, don't, don't make the Holy Spirit mad. Grie- to grieve doesn't mean to make mad. The word grieve there means to sadden. To, it, 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 it's to evoke sorrow. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is holy. And, and it saddens his heart and it grieves. It, it makes him sorrowful when we, when we do something that we shouldn't do. But it doesn't, he's not angry. I don't know where we read that into that, but that's what religious people think. They think he's angry. Oh, you've grieved the Holy Spirit. Now he's just, he's just ticked off and, you know, you're in trouble. You know, when, when we see people in the world who, who are just living an ungodly lifestyle and they're, and they're flaunting it, you know, parading it around their ungodliness and their, you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's, we think sometimes it's our righteous indignation, but really it's just flesh. When we, when we are repulsed with people, that's not, that's not the response of the spirit. Now I might be repulsed by behavior, but when we see people living just intentionally in your face, in our face, an ungodly lifestyle, the, the spirit-led response is sadness for them and sorrow for them because of, of what they're doing and how, and how, uh, how it's, it's hurting them and the harm it's bringing into the life and, and how, how empty and vain and worthless and powerless their life is. It, 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 it should create an, uh, an, uh, 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 an emotion of, of sadness toward them, but not anger. Well, the spirit is grieved, but he's not angry. And the Lord Jesus Christ is constantly interceding for you. When you miss it. Well, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is, is saddened, but he's not, he's not angry, and the Lord Jesus is interceding with the Father for, you know, the Father's pretty much, uh, uh, he's pretty much hemmed in to be merciful. He's got the Son of God. He's got the one who went to the cross. He's got the one who paid the price who laid his life down. I mean, that, that puts the Lord Jesus Christ in a, in a, in a powerful position. Yeah. In, in a great deal, he gives him a great deal of, of voice before the Father because he went the distance. He paid the price. He laid it down. He redeemed us. And when the Lord Jesus Christ is interceding on your behalf when he's calling your name before the Father God, when you miss it, when Jesus is right there saying, but Father, I believe in them. I believe in them. I brought them to you. They believe on you. They've been born again. You made them righteous. You justified them. They're not. He is constantly pulling for you. He's constantly telling the Father, they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. Grace, grace. Come on, Father. Come on, grace, grace. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. That verse in, uh, in Hebrews says, He is able to save to the uttermost 
those who come to God through him, since he ever lives to make intercession for them. Well, praise the Lord. God is for us. Amen. The second one is not only is God for us, he's with us. Turn with me to the, to the 23rd Psalm. Now, we're not having a funeral today. You know, for some reason, this is the funeral chapter. And there's nothing wrong with reading the 23rd Psalm at, at a funeral uh, if, you, if you apply it right. But usually it's not applied right. Actually, most of the time the 23rd Psalm is read at funerals, it's read because it's poetic. It just sounds nice. Well, that's not why it was, it was not given. This is, it, it's, it's not a Psalm of David for funerals. We won't read all of it, but look at verse four. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with you, friend. He is. Now, when is he with you? Well, he's with you all the time. But in this context here, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. I won't fear anything because he's with me. Now, you see, this isn't talking about natural death. And and it's interpreted this way at funerals. That's not what he's talking about. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death. our, Our daily life here in this world, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death all the time. Because spiritual death is all around us. People we encounter all around us are spiritually dead. I, I, you know, the movies and TVs, for some, for some reason, unsaved people are all fascinated about the walking dead. How many movies have, they been, made, have made, been made about zombies? I don't watch that stuff. I've never watched one of them. Maybe for a few minutes when I turned the channel and you saw it, you know. But, but uh, uh, that doesn't interest me. But in reality... In reality, we're walking among the living dead. There's spiritual zombies all around us. We, that atmosphere, the atmosphere of death permeates the world. And we walk through the valley, but that death doesn't get on us because we've been made alive. We have the life of God on the inside of us, but that shadow gets cast on us. And we can sense that sometimes. We can sense that. You know, you go out in, in, in the world and you just, you know, you're out among people and you sometimes you think, oh, this, there's just so much darkness. These people are in darkness. You hear what's coming out of their mouths and the way they live and the things they hope and dream for and their aspirations in life. And they're just lost. And, and, that, and it casts a shadow. But he's with us. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. That I, I, I'm convinced that that's one of the most important reasons why he, he, he satisfies us with, us with his presence when we come together. We come together as a local church and, and it's just different. There's not, I don't, I'm not talking about anything, you know, magical about the building or, you know, anything like the air around us. But when we come together as believers, the atmosphere is different. It's just liberating. When you, get a, when you get around your Christian friends, oh, what fellowship. You don't have that fellowship with people in the world, the darkness, because they're dead. 
And, and, so, and so because we rub shoulders with that, because we're with that all the time as we go through this world talking to, to people about Jesus and just letting our light shine, you know, it, 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 it can be discouraging. We know how to stand against it. But oh, brother, when we get in church... Glory to God and, 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 the, and, and the worship team starts cranking up the music and we start lifting our hands and singing praises to God and his presence, it's just a reward for all that other junk we go through. Glory to God. He just fills us with his presence. His glory comes in and it's, ooh, it's like a little piece of heaven on earth. Glory to God. That's just, that's just God just helping out. You know, I know what you've been through. I know those ugly people you're with all week. Get a load of this. Glory to God. Get a load of my presence this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. He is with us. Amen. And uh, did you know you'll never be alone? You will never, ever be alone. Now, we sense loneliness sometimes. If we're not mindful of that fact, we can feel alone, particularly when you're going through a very difficult, extremely difficult uh, season in your life. You know, you think about somebody that's suddenly lost a loved one unexpectedly and uh, someone dear. And, and, and if you've ever been in that situation, you know that it's very easy to feel lonely in it. Because even though people are, are getting, coming around you and showing their love and support, unless they've experienced that same loss, you know they don't know what you're feeling. They try to as best they can, but you know you're in this alone, but you're not. See, you feel that loneliness, but he said he would never leave us. He is always with us. Oh, glory to God. In uh, Hebrews 13, I'm going to read the New Living Translation here. It says, for God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. So that we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. Glory to God. I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. You know, he's not, he, God's not a fair weather friend. Have you ever had any of those? You ever had somebody that, uh, you know, they're, they're all with you until you're down and out. You know, everybody loves you until you're down and out, the song said. And, uh, but God's not that way. He's with you in every situation you're going through. Just like he was with Joseph in prison. Just like he was in, with Jonah when he was in the great fish, that was, that was a great time of trouble. He was with him. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with the, the, the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. He was with Paul and Silas at midnight when they were in jail. In your darkest hour, he's with you. He's always with you. Glory to God. And he's not there just to pat you on the back and hold your hand. Sometimes in the natural, that can be comforting when somebody says, I just want you to know I'm, I'm here for you. I just want you to know I'm with you. Bless your heart. No, God's with you to deliver you. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Psalm 91 says, I will be with him in trouble. 
I will deliver him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. When you're in trouble, when you're going through a time of trouble, he's with you to deliver you. Not just to walk through it with you, but to bring you out victoriously. To take you out of that situation, to give you victory over it. Glory to God. And to satisfy you and to show and demonstrate to you his salvation. Well, that's good news. Hallelujah. God is not only for us and with us, he's beside us. Now, I suppose this is similar to God being with us. But this gets a little more specific. The way the scriptures uh, describe it, God is right beside. You know, I'm with all of you today. I'm with all of you. But I'm right beside Brother Steve. (laughs) Well, the Bible presents both of those ideas. He's just not just with us. He's right beside us. Glory to God. It looks like I'm on a, on a New Living Translation kick this morning. But the Psalm, 9, Psalm 8, uh, 16 verse 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. He's always with me, but he's not only with me, he's right beside. God is right there. He's right here. He's right beside you. Glory to God. Oh, Hallelujah. Psalm 121, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. Now, you got to look at this. Go to Jeremiah 20. Jeremiah 20. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read it from from the regular King James first or the New King James. Jeremiah 20, verse 11 says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. The Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. The New Living Translation says, the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. I mean, he's just not with me passively. He's not just, you know, standing beside me, looking over my shoulder, you know, nudging me in the right direction. He's there beside me as a defender. Glory to God. The other verse we looked at in Psalms said he's standing beside us to, as a protector against the sun, against the heat, as our shield. Glory to God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Glory to God. And number four, God is in us. He's for us and with us and beside us, but he's also in us. I don't know if there's another verse of scripture. I mean, there's so many, you know, that thrill our hearts, but I don't know of one that, that thrills me much more than this. And that's Galatians chapter two, Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. It's good to have God for you. It's good to have God with you. It's good to have God right beside you. And he is all of those things, but he is inside you. Christ lives in you. And the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the son of God who loved me, who gave himself for me. And I would, and I would add, and who's living in me. Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. First John four, you are of God, little children and have overcome then. How? Why? Why have we overcome that? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The greater ones on the inside. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Kenneth Hagin was famous for saying we need to become God inside minded. And that is so true. When we become more conscious of his indwelling presence, that he's in us. Glory to God. Solves a lot of problems. Gives us courage, gives us inspiration, lifts us up, praise God. He's with us, amen? Glory to God. He's not only in us, he's not only in you, he's, did you know he's beneath you? Not inferior to you. <laughs> Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaiah, I'm just trying to get through this quickly. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I said earlier, you know, that this, 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 this world will experience more and more instability as we move closer to the return of the Lord. It won't get better. It'll get worse. But it's wonderful to know that God, our God, is the eternally stable one. He is the eternally stable. He's the rock. He's immovable. And he is the one that's upholding us. Glory to God. He's beneath us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I didn't set my clock. I don't know how long I've been up here. I think I just started. Praise the Lord. I'm going to let it go right here. There's a couple more. I'll just tell you what they were. God goes before you. Well, I, I can't do that without sharing the scripture. Go with me. To, I, I closed and I reopened. How about that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go with me to the 139th Psalm. This is good. 139th Psalm. Hallelujah. One hundred thirty ninth Psalm. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You're going to love this. The King James, the, older, the, the new King James says, you have hedged me behind and before. That means in front of me and behind me. You've hedged me. Now the margin of my Bible there says you have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. What does that mean? You've, you've enclosed me. Well, the, again, the New Living Translation says, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. What does it mean when it says God is going before us? He's, God's not going before you in the sense of just being one or two steps ahead of you. That's not what it's talking about. It's what it's talking about here in this verse. He has hedged me. He has enclosed me ahead and behind, in front of me and behind me. It's because God 
doesn't dwell in time. He's not hindered by the changing of the year. God lives in the eternal realm. And because of that, he knows the future like the past. He not only knows the future, he's been in the future. God has already been, God has already been through 2023. He's been through every moment of 2023, all over the planet, for every living being. He's been in your 2023. He's already been there. He's been there ahead of you. Glory. Now, we don't know much about 2023. We can guess, you know, and maybe it doesn't look too good in the natural We don't know unless the Lord would specifically reveal it to us. We don't know what kind of tests and trials are up there, what what kinds of uh, of things that might befall us. But Jesus already has, he's already been there. That's comforting to me. The one who is with me, the one who is for me, the one who's in me, beside me, and beneath me, upholding me, has already gone before me, and he is... He is upholding me and taking care of me in full knowledge of what's ahead of me. God has already gone through your 2023 and has paved a path of victory for you. He has already walked through every nook and cranny and every situation and every person and every incident and anything that can happen that will happen that you might not know about or what you might be expecting to happen. He already knows it's not going to. He's already been there. He's walked through it and he's got a path with your name on it saying, this is where you go. Just follow me. Just follow me. And, and, and there's, not, there's not any part of that path that just runs into a brick wall, not one. There's not one place where, where that path just, you know, the bottom falls out. <laughs> I mean, there might, be, there might be raging seas on either side, but there's, a, there's just a solid bridge, a solid path for glory to God that he's already been through. Oh, hallelujah. He's ahead of us. And thank God he's behind us too. That'll bring us to our next point, our seventh point. I might get finished with this. Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52. You know what? We're not coming back tonight so we can stay a little longer. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Isaiah 52, verse number 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you shall not go out with haste. That means you're not going to run around scared. Amen. You will not go out with haste, nor go by flight. The devil, listen to me, the devil is not going to have you on the run in 2023. I remember that that story Brother Hagin used to tell. He said this woman, you know, got up in church one time and she said, uh, the devil's been after me after me all week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> she she got her praise mixed up. She meant to be praising the Lord, but what she said really belied what was going on in her heart. She, the devil's because she was really praising him. Oh, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. 
when he said, he said, Brother Hagin said one pastor one time, heard him preach on faith, and he said, yeah, Brother Hagin, he said, I've got it figured out. He said, uh, the devil's, he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, I've got the devil on the run. The problem is he's behind me and he's chasing me. <laughs> no, the devil's not going to have you on the run. He's going to be chasing you. Amen. He said, you shall not go out with haste nor by flight for the Lord will go before you. Now get this. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. He's already been ahead. He already has planned the way. But he is not going to leave you to travel that path. He's going to go before you and lead you in the path that he's already picked out for you, that he's already established for you. He'll take you by the hand and because he's with you, in you, and around you, and for you, and all of those things beneath you. But he'll take you and lead you in that path. But he's also behind you. Glory to God. Your rear guard. Your rear guard. Now, why do we need a rear guard? One of the reasons we need a rear guard is because the enemy is always trying to remind us of our past. The enemy's always trying to get us to turn around and look back and think about something that, that, that we're not proud of. That, that, but remember, who's, he con- who's condemning? It's not, it's not Christ. He died and was furthermore. He was raised from the dead. Furthermore. He's even at the right hand of the Father. Furthermore, making intercession. So who is it that's, who, who, who keeps trying to draw your attention back? You know, the devil do that. Just as soon as you, you get it straight with the Lord and you start rejoicing and thanking him for your, for your forgiveness, you know, about five minutes later, you start thinking about that again. And the devil, that's what he's trying. He's trying to get you to turn around. You've got somebody else behind you. <laughs> There's somebody else standing there besides that, besides that accuser. Glory to God. You've got the Lord, hallelujah, as your rear guard. He's the one that's saying, you've, I've forgiven you. You've got my strength. You've got my ability. You square your shoulders. Quit looking at the past. Start looking forward. I, I'm behind you just to keep your attention directed before you. Praise God. Turn yourself around. Get your attention redirected. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. So this year when the enemy slips up from behind with accusations of past failures, just look back and notice there's somebody else standing there. <laughs> Glory to God. He's the, one that's, he's the one that's got you covered. Amen. He's got your back. He's got you covered. He's got your mind covered. He's got your future solved. Everything's planned, praise God. So let us not just tiptoe into this year. You know, just don't be afraid of what's going to happen this year. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Victory's going to happen. Amen. Deliverance is going to happen. Answers are going to happen. Grace is going to happen. Strength is going to happen. Joy and peace is going to happen, praise God. Hallelujah. Because he's for us, he's with us, he's right beside us, he's in us, he's beneath us. He goes before us and is protecting us from behind. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's my seven ways that God has you covered in 2023. But I I have another one, but I didn't want to call it eight ways because seven's a better number. So I'm just not, I'm not make this part of the seven, but I'm going to use this as a bonus. There's seven ways and then there's a bonus. 
Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah, he's for us. He's with us. He's in us. He's behind us. He's, he's upholding us. He's beneath us. All the, but also, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Glory to God. In, in, in addition to every other way that God has us covered this year, let us walk under the power of the Holy Spirit, with His Spirit upon us, walking in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, full of that power, glory to God, and just demonstrating that to people around us, being witnesses everywhere we go, glory to God. Well, hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.